0: personally, and then through Lost Mountain, and it is, it is a joy to hear. And I'm, I just got to say, I'm so impressed with the different pieces of what has kind of happened here in the last few months, and to just see the way that God's hand has kind of moved. It's almost like a, the beginning of a chess game, and you're right out of the gate knowing, I'm going to win this. Because I see, and I remember the, the search team and all they went through. It's kind of just it, it, I, if I can draw a parallel it's kind of like a mother being pregnant and then going through all the just discomfort and the pain and the the turmoil and the sleeping on your back and the morning sickness and all the negative and then oh, baby the baby's here and that's the way I kind of feel I feel like you know what all that went on to that point and and to hear them talk about these are the qualities that collectively We said, these are the qualities we want, and I literally thought, there's no way that quality is going to get here. And then to see it here, and then to see it functioning with the the talent and the gifting and the experience and everything that Matt has, it is just a joy to hear how God is using that, And, and just in a lot of different levels. And I know a lot of it's not visible yet, but to get to hear the infrastructure at this time is happening. And one, just, I'll give you one example he shared with me that he said, you know, I engage the, the college and career group of people. And then we've got, he said, I've identified there's 70 households still of senior adults that are still kind of sheltering in place because of their situation. And, and we pray for them, he says, but we want to make sure that they have the technology to be able to watch online. And, and most of them are watching right now. He says, I want to put those college kids to get with those and make sure that we're, we're all safe, but we're going to tell them, hey, they're going to come and they're going to make sure you have the connection or the ability to watch the services on Sunday. And, and to pull those two together, I'm like, dude, that is brilliant. And he shares so many things that I just kind of have that bust my forehead going, why didn't I think of that? And it's just the way God's talented and gifted us differently, and I'm just so excited about that. But, and, and that to happen in this, COVID, the, the unprecedented time. Can I tell you, as I look at Scripture, and if you want to follow along this morning, I strongly encourage you to open to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to take a look at a couple verses here, and we're going to de- 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 head on with what I believe God wants us to experience during this time. And can I tell you that this time is just different. I'm trying so hard to be sensitive and to, be, uh, th- to dive in. Uh, if, if a store says, you know, please wear a mask, I wear a mask. And I try to not have it on when I'm by myself, and it makes me laugh at people in the car by themselves with a mask on. I'm like, really? I'm sorry. I just I can't go there. And, and, and then I... I've, I t- Six months I thought I would have this figured out. I, I did and had somebody this morning remind me as well. I was at an event so I wear the mask so I get on stage and I'm at an event and one of the uh, stage hands goes, hey, you got your mask on backwards. And I'm like, it goes on the back of my head? What are you talking about? And they're like, no, it's, it's backwards. It's the blue side out. And I'm like, So for six months, I've been thinking I've been helping myself, and I've been sucking COVID toward me the whole time. And and I'm just like, man, I can't even get that right. But I heard one statement this past week that just made me laugh, and I thought this is the reality we're living in. It says that if COVID or 2020 were the math word problem, it would be this. If you're going down a river at two miles an hour, and the wheels fall off your canoe, How much pancake batter would it take to reshingle your basement? That is 2020. It's like, really, how do we get to that point? But as I think through this, I think, what is going on, and what are we to take from this, and how are we to experience it? Can I tell you that God longs for us? And I want to ask this question rhetorically, both at home and here. How many of you feel the distinct desire and need for just peace i just want some peace and 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 have we had the thought i just wish things would get back to normal but can i tell you this i see in scripture last night i i don't know what it was i believe kind of 99 percent that it was because of this morning and I think sometimes when God lays something on my heart so practical and so applicable and so immediately effective that Satan just kind of bust my chops on it. It was the two in the morning and I woke up just with anxiety on, on several different levels, relational. And, and I'm like, Lord, what is this to the point where I couldn't go back to sleep? So I just, I said, Lord, will you show me something? And he brought to my mind the idea of Jesus in the boat. And and it was one of those, and you can find it. I ended up finding it in Matthew 4, Mark 4, and Luke 8. And, And don't turn there. I'm just going to tell you the big picture. But basically, Jesus has told his disciples, get in the boat. We're going to the other side. And they're going to reach one person. But in the process of that, Jesus, in the bow of the ship, falls asleep. And if you've read it or heard the story before, A squall comes along, which is high winds and heavy waves, and the boat is taking on water. And Jesus is asleep. But I want you to just for one second see the parallel between where we are and where those guys were. I didn't ask to be here. I'm trying to be obedient, but I'm feeling overwhelmed, even to the point of what is going to happen. I have no idea, but it doesn't look good. And these guys are overwhelmed, and the boat is being filled up, and they finally, they come up to Jesus and go, do you you not care that we're dying? We're about to drown. And then Jesus, he stands up, and he just goes, quiet. And it became like glass. And that kind of power and peace is what I believe right now today. God wants us to experience with where we are. And I believe we're going to see a clear, simple process for that. Three allowances, if you will, to experience that. Now when I say experience that, let, and and I want to read just the first couple words of the first Uh, the first verse, in Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, the first word says, let. Let, and then if you go to verse 16, it says, let. In other words, allow, allow this to happen. Now, I want to draw a mental picture before we dive into what we're going to let God do, because He is right here, He's not out there. He's not up there, He's right here. And, and every one of us, I don't if you're watching, if you tripped across this or you stumbled in here and you're like, I am a devout atheist, let me just tell you, everybody has faith in something. It's the direction of that faith, and I have chosen not a blind, uh, intellectually midget faith, I have chosen an experiential faith. My faith in God is not something that I've read. It's something I have read and experienced. And I believe today if we'll take these allowances and let God, allow God to move because He's right here wanting to, if we will run and embrace what He has for us right here, right now, we will experience peace. Peace in a way that the world cannot understand or comprehend. Peace in the midst of the storm. And the quiet, will we allow God to do that? Now, I want to draw this mental picture for you. Um, Doc and I were out in our front yard. uh, That's my youngest son. And we were out in our front yard, and there's different neighbors that walk by, and we wave. But there's this one lady who is a dog walker. And she walks the dogs for one of our neighbors on the other side of the neighborhood. Now, you got to picture these dogs. And I don't know if I'm saying this right. Please correct me if you're in here. Is it Burmese or Bernese dogs? You guys don't know either. Okay, good. It's, I, I think it's Burmese, but these are like uh, St. Bernard's on steroids. They are ginormous. They're over 100 pounds. I mean, they're like this big, and they're black with a white and tan face, and they're like lap dogs trapped in a buffalo body. Okay, they're just, they're just so happy. Well, I, I asked one time, just once, I said, hey, can I give them a treat when you come by next time? She said, oh, absolutely, they love treats. So one time I I saw, now their names, I love this, their names are Boo and Sue. So Boo and Sue were walking by, and I came out, and they're just kind of like, hey, hey, and they're just really happy, like, hey, it's a guy, what are you doing? And and I came up with a treat, I said, you want a treat? And they just went, they looked at me very odd, and then I gave them the treat, and they were like, huh, and they just basically, I don't know how you can describe it other than they were dancing around. But now. Every time they walk by the house, she goes, I can't walk by your house. They just stop and stare at your house like maybe he will come out. Well, they were about, I don't know, a half a block away one time, and Doc and I walked out, and I said, oh, my gosh, there's Boo and Sue. Go get a treat. And he got the treats and we came out to the driveway. We walked out to the driveway and both of them saw and just shot to attention. And this poor little lady, she didn't weigh 100 pounds, they're 100 pounds each. And she's trying to hold them and she's like, Is it okay? And I'm like, Yes. And she let go. And those dogs, like buffaloes, are just running straight at us. Just that time, my oldest son, Graham, walked out the front door, saw the dogs running and he's like, Whoa. And he goes, runs back inside. But they're so gentle, they don't run into us. They run by us and they do their little dog dance. I'm like, I said, do you guys want a treat? And they're just like, are you kidding me? And I said, you got to sit. And they sit down and I give them a treat and they do their happy dance. And they sit down and we give them a treat. And now it's just a thing. It's our thing. If Boo and Sue walk by, we're like, get them a treat. And they love to come and they rush to it because they know the treat is there. And I say that so that you and I would realize peace is right here. Joy is right here. Power to get through this is right here. But instead of just walking by, I just pray that this morning we would pause at this passage and we'd go, Lord, I want that peace. How do I find that? How do I get that? And in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful peace it, will we let peace rule and reign in our hearts today and and I love the way he breaks this down I want to give you another couple references I encourage you to write them down in John chapter 14 verse 27 Jesus says this he says peace I leave with you my peace I give you I do not give you as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid He says, my peace isn't like you get from here. And if I could be so bold as to just kind of chase this rabbit for a second, because he, in the previous verses 12, 13, and 14, gives us the way to let peace reign and rule in our hearts. But he says in John 14, I don't give as the world gives. The world's peace is circumstantial. As long as everything I want, I get, I'm at peace. As long as everything's great, I have peace. As long as my guy wins the election, I have peace. As long as I get there, peace. As long as everybody agrees with me, peace. He says, that's the world. But here's my peace. My peace is when, <laughs> when nobody else is doing what's right. You have peace. When, when it's not working out, you have peace when the world is going crazy, peace. And you know what? If we're looking for this world to provide peace, it's going to happen for a moment, and then it's gone, and it'll never fill us. I literally thought, and I actually did this, I said, you know, the greatest part about the election was no more commercials. Well, apparently in Georgia, the uh, elephant or donkey saw a shadow, so we get a month and a half more of commercials. I, I just, I'm like, wow. And if I'm looking at that scenario to be my peace, and you can look around and you can agree or disagree, but if your peace is in that scenario and in that world, look at those who are finding their peace. And if they win, if they're right, if everybody agrees, they are losing their minds right now. And it's so easy to get sucked in. I timed it. I actually turned on the TV to try to find a ball game. And within, it was less than two minutes, I saw a couple commercials and my blood pressure went up. And I'm like, good night. There is no peace here. There's no joy here. There's no fulfillment. There's no stability. But in here, there's peace. Look what he says if you bump back just a couple verses in chapter 3. For peace to rule, we have to make it intentional. The first step is intentional. It's in verse 12. It says, Clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. I don't know if you've noticed, but everybody in the world scenario, everybody is screaming and nobody is listening. But what God says is, intentionally. Now, let me make it really simple. It says, clothe yourselves. With compassion for everyone. Kindness to those who disagree. Humility. That's a hard one. What do you you mean? I'm supposed to humble myself to the chaos? No, you're supposed to humble yourself. I'm supposed to humble myself to the fact that God is over that and He is with me and He can give perspective, power, or peace in the midst of anything. I'm humbling myself to Him. And then I'm going to humble myself and put on gentleness. I'm going to do, as he puts it in James chapter 1, It says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Now, I'm telling you, this is a pipe dream unless Christ is in me giving me the power to do it. But I have to intentionally say, God, I cannot, but I'm going to put these on. It's an intentional step to put these on. Just like you got up this morning, I'm looking around, and thankfully nobody here is naked. Because you got dressed. Intentionally you put on clothes. Some more coordinated and better than others. But you put on clothes. And we're very thankful for that. But we're intentional about doing that. It's because what I'm gonna be. And some of you even checked and went, what is the weather outside? What do I need more today or less of today? Yesterday we get we went down, had a great time with my family. I put on shorts because it was warm and we're going down to Topgolf. Had a blast. Today I looked, I'm like, it's going to be colder. I'm going to put on more legs. I intentionally got dressed. It is the same concept that he's saying here. If I want peace, I have to first be intentional. And my intentional is not to react to the world, but to proactively, intentionally go, I'm going to put on. And I'm telling you, this is a great verse to memorize. Because as chaos hits us and confronts us this week, to go through, okay, what do I need to put on? Okay, compassion. They don't understand. I'm going to be that. And then look at verse 13. He says, and and not only be intentional, but be proactive. Intentional and proactive. It says, forgive as Christ forgave you. Whoa, 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 wait a minute here. But you don't understand. They are dead wrong. They are completely unrighteous. Yeah, forgive them anyway. As Christ forgave. Forgave. That, that's not just a tall order, that's an impossible order. Remember Jesus? You remember Him forgiven? On the cross, put there by unrighteous men, and He said what? Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Folks, we're in a society that doesn't know what they're doing a lot. And it's our spot to, to walk in that and say, God, will you give me that level of forgiveness? I want to be proactive with that. And then it says this, perpetual, in verse 14. It says, above all these virtues, put on love. Put on love. In other words, when I know somebody has a different opinion, a different stance, a different scenario, I'm going to go past all of that, get past that, and just go, I love you, Period. It says that Christ died for us while we were still sinners. Before we ever accepted Him, He loved us. And that, that power, clothing, that intentional, perpetual, is, is what brings peace. Is it easy? No. It's simple, but it's not easy. Because we have to experience God living in us from the inside out. Are we going to let Him? There's a second lead, and it's in the the next verse, in verse 16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. So I let the peace of God rule by being proactive, by being perpetual, by being intentional. But am I letting the, the word of God dwell in me, that word richly, I love that word, richly. That's the buffet, richly. If you can think about it this way, when you ate Thanksgiving, and you you had everything of your favorites, and then your your stomach is going, I've not been this full all year long, and then your tongue's going, you got to get more. And you go back, and you got no room. I mean, it's like right here, but you're like, I'm I'm I've got to. It, it's It's sweet potato pie. I got to do that. The turkey is just so moist this year. I got to do it. There's some dark meat left. I got to do it. And then you're so full. God, that's so uncomfortable. I got to loosen my belt. Now I know where my dad wore those stretchy pants, and I just, ah. And then they say, dessert. Ah. I can't, I got nothing, I, got, I, got, I can't move, let me just walk around a little bit. And then they bring it out and there's, there's apple pie and pumpkin pie and cookies. And you're like, I just, I can't, just give me one of each. Because I just, God. that is the richness of His Word. His Word, now when we start ingesting that, it changes everything. Let the Word of God not just, don't just taste it, feel it. And this morning, I want to encourage you to take a couple steps there and say, you know what? What does it mean to be filled richly with the Word? i got to tell you, during this time, these last six months, I have made it a regular part. I have normally read a chapter of the Bible every day and then take one verse to memorize during the week. That sense grown, because I want one truth on my mind when I wake up and when I go to sleep. And I started putting them on cards and just reading them, even to the point where I'm like, I started hearing more and more in Psalm 34, to the point where I'm like, Lord, I like all of this chapter. So I just kind of committed to start memorizing that whole chapter. Not to impress anybody, not to share it with anybody, but just to have that constantly on my mind. And when I wake up many days, I just quote that entire psalm in my brain, Psalm 34. And I, I, I wrote it down. Let me see what verse it is. It's in verse 14. It says, turn from evil, do good, seek peace, and pursue it. And as I was literally planning for this week and let peace rule, I'm like, Lord, it was one of those verses in 34. Turn from evil, do good, seek peace peace and pursue it because it has to be intentional lord that is so cool that you're old and new testament ah that's so cool and i am starting to see more and more that as i memorize his truth and admonish others i have these wonderful conversations three or four times a week where somebody will share a verse and i just go you know what that reminds me of this verse that god's been teaching me And they're like well you know in this old testament passage it says this i'm like tell me about that and we just go back and forth and i'm like this is that admonishment Where the truth, the timeless truth of God, applicable in every situation, uniquely to my circumstances, is always available. And the more I ingest that, the more I experience peace and perspective and power. Am I letting it? I know where it is. I know where the the Bible is. It's mine. But am I ingesting it? Am I taking it with me? Am I letting it dwell in me richly? And then it pops back up over and over admonishing one another a couple of my favorite verses have become Isaiah 41 10 it says do not fear for I am with you do not be dismayed for I am your God I will strengthen you I will help you I will uphold you with my righteous right hand when I start feeling anxious about some information that comes my way I literally will quote that in my mind I'm like Lord you're above all this it makes me remember a time, and these verses will come back over and over. I remember 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. It says, cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Today, some of us need to take that rich verse, take our anxiety, and say, Lord, here it is. I'm probably going to take it back a few more times today, but here it is again. Because I'm anxious. So, Lord, I... I I want to cast this on you because you care for me. This week, this week, a, a set of verses from Philippians 4 came to my mind again. Now, for those of you who don't know my my history today, this is literally a four-year anniversary. I, I had open-heart surgery on November 5th of four years ago. Open-heart surgery, the whole deal. Three weeks later, I stood and taught at church three services. Three weeks later. It was quite miraculous. But one of the truths that came out of that has come back over and over. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to the Lord. And this week, I had a a situation, and I can't describe it, other than the, the specific, so have you ever had a cramp in a muscle in your body? Just unexpected, just, oh, God, that's a cramp. Well, the heart's a muscle. Imagine getting a cramp in your heart. It, it's anxiety creating. And it happened two or three times, and, and <laughs> I had to go through the, the process, and I, I'll just be honest, I was very anxious about it. I'm like, oh, that is not normal. But i got to tell you the background. So for four years, I had some friends, and two of them are doctors. We're just watching a ball game at Taco Mac, and, and one of them is my primary doctor. He says, How, how's your heart? And I said, well, I've had a couple episodes, but, you know, it is what it is. He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, I was having chest pains. And one of the guys said, you were having chest pains? I'm like, no, you don't understand. I have chest pains every day, every day. It's just categorically which one is it and figuring out which one is serious and which one is not and I said it is emotionally draining and I said then I get a new one that I have no idea what it is and that really freaks me out for a while and I literally have to pray God help give me wisdom and Lord will you help me with this and the words of my cardiologist came back and I (laughs) I love this. I had an appointment a few months ago, and he was looking at my EKG, and he goes, let me see, and I could just see the wheel spinning, like, how can I explain this? And he started out like this. He goes, okay, um, God, I, I want to bring this down so you can understand it. he said, okay, so when they open your chest, that's not normal. And I'm like, I'm with you so far, okay? And he says, when they, when they, he's those new arteries on your heart that too is not natural and I said okay I'm with you and he says when that happens there's certain pieces that will naturally be unnatural from then on you'll have electri- electrical shocks that do this and that and we're, we're most are not serious but we want to make sure that we do this and that and, and he says you just you're just going to have to live with some of those. But we've got to figure out how we can minimize those and how you can tell when the So I'm like, great. And so I go through his questions and the wisdom of a cardiologist. What about this? Is this happening too? Is this happening too? Is this, no, okay. So it's just weird and freaky. But to pray that and let God walk me through that and to say, you know what, Lord, your truth. And then go beyond that to going, you know what, Lord, I, I need more than just my circumstances. I need more than human wisdom. Can I be very honest and candid for just a second, literally one minute? If this is the best that it gets, I'm depressed. There's got to be something more. And one of my favorite verses has become out of 1 Corinthians where it just says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive what God has prepared for those who love Him. Folks, I'm thankful to be here, but I'm looking for what's next. And I'm excited about that. And while I'm here, I want to be so connected to God. I I want to allow His peace to reign in me. I want to allow His truth to dwell in me richly. And then finally, I want to be... Proactive in this, I want us to just notice in this particular passage in Corinthians, I'm sorry, Colossians 3, at the end of verse 15, it says, and be thankful. At the end of verse 16, it says, with gratitude in your heart. In Philippians 4, it says, with thanksgiving. There's something about this thankfulness that makes all the difference. And I'm thankful for you. I, I want to wrap up with just the challenge. Um, Tori and them are going to come sing and just give us a chance to let this marinate. I'm thankful for a lot of things. One, I had asked a uh, months ago that some of you, if you wanted to help me out with the book, and some of you are so gracious to do that, to read through it. And There were like 150 little minor mistakes and a couple big ones, and you guys were so gracious. If you were one of those, this is the book called "Every Day's a Bonus. And if you were one of the ones that helped with that, this literally gives the three greatest gifts of life. And I've alluded to all of them this morning. But if you were one of those that helped with that, would you please take the finished, corrected version, thanks to you today. It's out there as you leave. And if some of you are thinking, what are the three greatest gifts in life? You can pick up a copy. They're out there. Um, We normally do them for 10. If you just want one, take it. If you want to give it as a Christmas stocking stuffer, it is literally a life-giving experience. It's kind of what I shared this morning um, through the the peace and the truth. But how do I make that reality? It's in there. But this morning as we wrap up and as Tori and John and they come sing and Elise, I want you to just take this moment and just bask in that. Lord, am I allowing your peace into my world? Am I allowing your truth to dwell in me richly? Lord, am I I don't know how to do that. Start with thanksgiving. Lord, what am I thankful for? Can I tell you, these last six months, I am overwhelmingly thankful for so many pieces. I've loved my time with family. I have so enjoyed so many different pieces. I would have never been able to finish the book. It's on Amazon and that too. I'd never been able to do that. It would just sat in me and now it's out and I'm seeing the effect it has on many and I'm like, Lord, thank you. Because He gives peace, not as the world gives, but in the midst of the storm and the bow of the boat. And he has the power in your world right now. Maybe it's perspective, maybe it's power, maybe it's just peace to go still. Let him make that still during this time. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much for a time and a place where you are and you move. Let your truth ring in our hearts. And let us let you move and give us peace and hope and joy. Because you are the author and you are. In Christ's name, amen.